Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. This is episode 18, brought to you by CST Tires, and we're coming at you with a little bit of a different episode tonight. Many of you know that recently on the Pulp MX show, the guys brought up an unexpected thought of ATV riders pulling the hottest chicks. I discussed this with my girlfriend, and at which point she brought up the idea of coming on the show. So... We've had a bunch of listeners suggest bringing a female personality on the podcast, and the more she elaborated on her idea, the more I liked it. I knew her personality was perfect for it. Her original idea was to use this as an opportunity to talk about the sides of me that our listeners in the racing community don't see, which I guess is somewhat fair because I don't like talking about myself, especially on the podcast. Um, I never wanted people to think that I was using this as an avenue to talk about myself. Um, In fact, it's actually quite the opposite on the show. But what the show turned into was Brooke and I talking about our perspectives on life and on racing, the lessons she's learned, things that have been very influential on me and something that I'm really excited to share with our listeners. I also liked the idea of getting someone on the show who is a relative newcomer to the sport because everyone we've had on the show so far has been at its core, a person that eats, sleeps, and breathes um, ATV motocross, right? So I wanted to hear her opinion on things that are normal to us, but not normal to uh, a relative outsider. No matter who you are or what your role is, there's something on this podcast for you. If you're a member of Pulp Nation, if you've been following the ATV saga on the Pulp shows, or if you enjoy Chris Kiefer, you're going to enjoy what you find on this episode. You're going to enjoy my better half and what she brings to the show. Also, not to be forgotten, is Tyler Hamrick, who later joins the show once again to bench race a little more and cover some of our listener questions and voicemails, something that we've been teasing for quite a long time now, so you're going to hear some of that on the podcast today. This is different content, but I think it's something that you're really going to enjoy. There are people who are going to benefit from the conversations and perspectives offered here. But before we dive into all that, let's thank all the great people who make this possible. We are proud to announce our new show sponsor, Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor Yamaha. We are proud to partner with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at yamahaoutdoors.com. Thanks to another sponsor that is part of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. 
For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your driving and riding experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals was a key contributor to Team USA's winning efforts at the Quad Cross of Nations and, simply put, is the decal choice of champions everywhere. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. Thanks to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hattrick, and myself all trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, pistons with an attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side markets since 2001 with a wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit at your local dealer or online at namura.com. That's namira.com, n-a-m-u-r-a.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco's been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride, broncoatv.com. Thanks to 4Works Carbon for their continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more, 4Works is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look for 2020 with increased function. New year, new look with 4Works Carbon. Head over to their social media pages or website today. Thank you, 4Works Carbon. I got my new number one seat covers and move over, Brooke, because I'm in love. Thanks, as always, to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, myself, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time we hit the racetrack. It's not too late to join the team, so act fast, dp-brakes.com. Thanks to Blenders Eyewear, whose life in forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, blenderseyewear.com. Thanks to Oats Overnight. Life is hard. Make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your to-go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout, oatsovernight.com. Thank you, Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODY'S FAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODY'S FAVE, at mountaineerbrand.com. And finally, we are proud to announce our partnership with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, 
meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. With a 100 night sleep trial, free shipping, free return pickup, and a 25 year warranty, getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and for making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands in the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our sponsors. And if you are interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. And now, without further ado, introducing someone who is a gigantic part of my life, a person who has a heart of gold but is still full of sass and jokes, a woman who is positive, optimistic, uplifting, blunt, and sarcastic all in one. But what I love most about her is her perspective and the way she communicates. She is so much fun, and you're really going to like her. So sit back and enjoy. And now, I'm so excited to welcome to the show... Brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 Action Chain, my girlfriend, Brooke. Thanks for coming on, honey. Are you nervous right now? Excited? How are you feeling? Definitely not nervous. I'm actually super excited right now. Yeah, this is uh, exciting for me. I think that people are going to enjoy this. I <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so this was your idea originally. Yeah, actually it was. What made you... Um, think this is something that you wanted to do um well you brought up the pulp show and talking about quad girlfriends so I thought it'd be a good time to let everyone in on my opinion yeah no I agree and we've had a number of listeners to suggest to have a female personality moto girlfriend slash wife kind of on the show and uh you know it just so happens that you were on the same page as our as our listeners so um you know, it, it came at a good time, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to be here. And like I said, I told you that you got the perfect uh, personality <laughs> for the podcast. Like I, I, like you have a inviting, positive, blunt kind of uh, personality. Yeah. It's fun. So I think, uh, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be something that people enjoy. Yeah, I don't know if people are in for a treat or a disappointment or what, but I appreciate them listening either way. <laughs> so, and just for you guys that don't know Brooke personally, um, to get kind of her humor... She said that she was going to pregame for this by watching Talladega Nights. Which I didn't do because someone didn't replug my DVD player in to my TV last night. That wasn't me. I, I don't have any idea who that <laughs> was. But when she did say that she was going to pregame with the Talladega Nights thing, that's when I, that's when I knew that she was perfect. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so we got a bunch of awesome questions. Um, we picked the best ones and... You know, we had so many that obviously they couldn't all make the cut. So we picked the best questions, and the best two question askers will receive a new DID racing chain um, for their high quality questions. So pumped about that. Thanks for everybody who participated. And uh, if you're ready, let's dive right into this thing. Hack it. All right. So our very first question, taking it from the top, I guess, is uh, how did you two meet, or mm. how, how did how did we meet? I guess. I love this so much. I feel like this, like how we met is such a huge like insight to us as a couple, just in general. But it was a SpongeBob meme 
where he's doing his stupid like doo doo doo, and it said the perfect tattoo doesn't exist, and around it it said tattoos have to be meaningful. And I posted that meme on my story on Instagram and you reacted to it. And that is literally what sparked all of this. And that was like seven, eight months ago. Uh-huh. I don't Yeah. And, and there then, was another, I, I remember that there was another tattoo something yeah. on your, on your uh, story. But it literally was just a reaction and we didn't even talk yeah. for a little while. And then it just kind of became like these little conversations. Because like I, little... also, I also remember uh, talking about um, you know, I, I guess how like tattoos make people view you a certain yes. way, right? And, yep. uh, and, and yeah, it was just a, it was a friendship and then. Yeah. You, well, you were also really motivational and you supported everything that I did. And I'd go to you when I had happy things or sad things and you boosted me up and it just got to the point where you were the person I wanted to talk to and I didn't even know you. I just craved that conversation because it made me feel so good. And it just kind of became more and more and more. And then, yeah, you, Yeah, you described me that way. And I, uh, I felt the same way about you. You know, it's so positive, motivating, uplifting. I mean, it's, that's, that, yeah. that's yeah, how you, I felt about you, so. you. I didn't even know you yet. And you were my rock through a um, career change, a huge career change. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it, everything is so amazing. It just, I cannot tell you how great it was to have you there for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, me too. Obviously it's one of those things where your life path kind of just, you would have never guessed how like <laughs> we would be here, but it worked out and it, everything fits so perfectly and seamlessly. And, I uh, am definitely still telling our grandkids that we met on Farmers Only. <laughs> yeah, I think you put that on on one of the podcast posts. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think I did. I and, did uh, mention that. Somebody laughed about that and then they said that they had to ask how uh, how I pulled you. And uh, and I still don't know how. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, so that's how we kind of met. A lot met. of roofies. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's how it, how we met and uh, kind of took off from there. Uh, moving on to the next question. This guy asks, did Cody's quote-unquote status shape what you thought of him before you knew him personally? So I had no idea what your status was. I just knew you as this human being that I so much enjoyed talking to and I think it took a couple times of us even hanging out before I understood what exactly your status was. Um, so it had nothing to do with who you are. It's just that status is a part of your life. It's not you. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't feel like status had anything to do with. No, no, absolutely not. I think more uh, from because we had a number of questions kind of in this <clears throat> realm and it was like people were trying to figure out if you knew who I was or what yeah. I did or whatever prior to it just it just so me. happened that we lived 45 minutes apart mm-hmm. and we yeah. somehow found each other on social media yeah. actually we found each other on social media back in like 2017 I think something like that we've been friends on Facebook for a few years I looked it up yeah even though which was crazy even though yeah I, I didn't know. even I, I didn't even realize that we were friends yeah on Facebook and then uh you had posted something on Facebook and I'm like Okay, like, yeah, like, it was was like cool perspective, right? And uh, then I sought you out on Instagram, but still it it went on. I mean, we were still friends on Instagram just for a long time. And 
became more. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah. moving on. Uh, <laughs> this guy asks, "What do you like about Cody's style?" And he added, he added that it's always fire, <laughs> which he's not wrong. I feel like when someone says style, I immediately think of clothing because I worked so many years in retail. Okay. Um, but I feel like what he's really talking about is just kind of how you present yourself. Sure. Yeah, um, would, your character, so what what shines through, and obviously that's what drew me to you, what I found so attractive. Um, so obviously I'm in love with everything about it, mm-hmm. which is it's so facto how I you know I'm here why I'm here. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I. Uh, it's one of those things because I've talked about this with you probably and other people before too. But it's like you just have an aura about you. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like say, well, I only wear I this or that or have only wear colors or whatever. It's just there's me. Like I, I just yeah. do my thing. No, know? for sure. Yeah, that's how I've always been. It's like you're I feel like just... we're the same when it comes to that. Both just ballsy. You well, don't I really just give a shit what anyone else thinks. I'm right. just gonna be me. I've never. I've been like so proud of who I am forever that it's like I just do my thing, not try to be anybody else. And I feel like I I watch all of it and then I kind of not bring you back to reality, but I point out the things that you do that I find so endearing and then tell you how much I like them. So it's things that you're used to doing that mm-hmm. you don't stop to look at and I just appreciate all of them. Yeah. Like I think one of my favorite things is you, when you're having a conversation with someone, you make so much eye contact and you will repeat back to them kind of some of the things that they said that were important. And that truly makes someone feel like you're listening and you really, really care. And it just, it's so crazy that something like that goes such a long way with so many people. And I watch you have conversations with other people and they light up when you do that. And they're like, oh my gosh, he really cares. He really listened. And it just, it makes people's day. And that was one of the biggest things. About your style in the beginning that I was like, oh, love that. It's one of those things that like, I don't even think twice about. Yeah, no, I can see it. It's just you. It's just you. Yeah. Well, it's pretty neat. That's my style, I guess. (laughs) Um, So we had a bunch of questions about this. Um, What are your hobbies? What are your interests? We'll start with that. Okay. Um, As far as hobbies go, I think really anything that you could air quote country define as country i feel like is me hunting and fishing obviously i have a horse i do a lot of horseback riding used to barrel race not good i'm just gonna throw that out there um (laughs) man i think my favorite would be bow hunting i love walleye fishing in the spring um obviously i ride shooter all year long Mm -hmm. we have an indoor i'm very lucky oh man i feel like anything like, there's never been any, like, hobby-type thing that has come up that you and I have gone and done and I've disliked. Mm. Like, I, I, really yeah. anything. Yeah. I'm super open to it. I think that... Axe throwing, ice skating. It's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. I just like doing things, especially, yeah, like, I don't... new things. Because, like, we've even uh... done things where, yeah, like... But, like, do you? <laughs> like, just recently, I went snowboarding for the first time. Brooke takes me snowboarding. Oh, and... yeah, I snowboard, too. I forget that and... I do that. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, like, I'm horrible. Like, no, I'm you're as, not horrible. I'm you as just, bad as somebody could be. And You just looked like you wanted to light yourself on fire. Not to be dramatic, but <laughs> um, but I, and I had to keep trying to convince you that I was, like, having fun. It's just, it's like, you... I don't put pressure on myself to be good. 
I don't. I would debate that. I just, uh, and I like a challenge. It's just like, I, no, I would debate that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it was frustrating for me because I didn't think I was going to be that bad. Well, okay. You cannot just draw something out of a hat and decide to be a professional. How long have you been racing? For forever. Okay. But, right. If but, you had never done it and you just picked it up today, you would not be anywhere near where you are today. So, but, I, but, but for the record, I was not trying to be a pro. Mm. I was not trying to be a we pro We have a lot of things to debate, apparently. I was not trying to be a pro <laughs> snowboarder. I just wanted to make it down the hill. You did. You didn't die. Things went well. Things are well. I felt like things are well. times on the way, but. That's fine. It, that's not, we weren't keeping track, but it was six. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> So for, so we did, uh, we talked about your hobbies and interests. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. What do you, we, what do you do for a profession? Um, as much as you can say. Yeah, no. So I actually work, um, in crisis, which could be defined. I know a lot of different counties kind of define it a different way and they have different roles in their community. Um, but mine is kind of, we'll, we'll just say in like, in a moment of crisis, um, I'm who shows up to kind of de-escalate and figure out what the next step for that crisis will be. And then from there, moving forward, um, I'm a resource. So whoever was in that moment will have me on their team moving forward to help them to kind of coordinate and just have as you know a support member on their team um, to help them get whatever it might be that they need in order to live the best quality of life, really. So, and I <clears throat> I have a lot of people think that that's going to be really stressful. It's, it's not, because when you look at someone, you just know that their quality of life is not what it has the full capacity to be. You don't want it to be anything but that full quality of life, if yeah. that makes sense. No, it, it does. I... From the very beginning, you have, I mean, it makes so much sense that you're in doing this job, that you're in that field, because you have the personality that you're just subconsciously, you just want to help people. So, um, you know, before we Sometimes got- Sometimes helpful, not always. Well, before before we got into it, kind of the meat and potatoes of these questions, I wanted to kind of just have people kind of know, you know, a little bit more about you. So that question kind of fit right at the beginning mm -hmm. here. Okay, fair. Be because I, uh, again, like- people, people, some people like have to force themselves to want to help others. That's not you. Right. You know? No. And I mean, there's, there's people who run from danger and there's people who run at it mm -hmm. and it's not, I mean, it's not negative either way. It's just, just you're, different you're either types. for it or not for it. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I definitely, um, <clears throat> I definitely like to run towards it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Got a set of kahunas. <laughs> um, so we had a uh, uh, question asked by a guy whose family has horses, right? So he said, uh, when will you bring Cody to some horse events um, and maybe enter Ew. Cody in a pole or barrel race? All right. So this is a story in itself. First of all, the barrel races I used to do were fun shows. And at these fun shows, I was not good. I mean, I was there and had fun. I was with friends, but I am not going to pretend like I was... A professional barrel racer because I was not close. I was like in the little kids section and they were whooping my ass. Anyways, I, I really did have a lot of fun. I wasn't actually that terrible, but <clears throat> I don't know 
that the horse that I have would be safe to bring there and toss you on. A, he does not like a forward motion. B, he's just kind of a derp. Like, I feel like he's not coordinated enough to do much. You're also, he's just lovely. You're also avoiding the fact that I cannot ride a horse. Well, first of all, <clears throat> you're not supposed to. Second of all, I'm not going to say for sure this is what you did, but I'm also not saying it's not what you did, but you were white-knuckling the saddle horn at a walk. Um, No, I've, I've had my horse since he was, I guess a little overweaned and then he's almost five now but so I, I feel like I know him like the back of my mm-hmm. hand and I trust yeah I trust him with so much but I know that that's not your uh, forte you like a little more horsepower but um well that and I just I mean, feel like I have no control I mean that's what it comes down to I feel like I have no control over this thing when I'm on my four-wheeler or just like you're driving a car I that thing ain't going unless I unless I control I it. ride spurs so same Ride whispers. Yeah, well, I, I you just, don't need I'm them. not in control. It's your thumb. I use my heels. <laughs> Again, I'm not in control. But I think, too, going back to, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always matter how well you know a horse. You could either, you know, have a horse that you've had for a day and have it be safer than a horse you've had your whole life. You know, you don't get to decide what their brain thinks in any moment, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you've had your fair you've had your fair share of accidents on quads. I've had mine on horses and yeah, that we, also we actually had a number of people ask questions to you about that crash yeah, and I know. we're not gonna address them because We're not because I refuse to watch the video because I feel like I would be that like over attentive girlfriend at races. You know, like I don't I don't wanna be that person. I don't wanna give myself anxiety over it. I wanna be as supportive as I can be without actually worrying because I know that what I feel inside of me will radiate and you will feel it. Oh, for sure. I mean, so yeah. I don't want to give you that. Especially like something that a lot of people never think of is, uh, or they, I guess they maybe think of it, they don't address it, is in any uh, athletics, you're like a delicate little flower I almost. Am a flower. Where you, um, it's like every little thing around you can affect your performance right and you can't let your you can't let your mind be in that mental space but i mean yeah like i totally get what you're saying as a racer i mean there was times like after that crash where like it was in my head oh yeah you're you're a little more careful but it it can't be scenarios that are like but you won't be successful if it's in your head so our next question was what what was your favorite sport and i wanted to include that so we could kind of bridge off that afterwards so what's your favorite sport I don't know if we can bridge off this though, because I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite sport to watch. I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Obviously, I like my football and I like my baseball. Yep. Um, my dad was a huge baseball fan. He's now retired and does security at the minor league baseball stadium in our hometown. So I grew up going to all of these professional baseball games and growing up around the players, and you know, it just that was kind of like that was my my dad's thing mm-hmm. so i took after that so that we like had you know you know yeah like that's, we had something to together yeah. um and my dad's also very outdoorsy so we had that in common too. which is yeah i guess how the apple didn't fall far from the tree mm-hmm. um but i would probably say baseball i think that's the sport i understand the most mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know that i love watching sports as much as i love going out and 
doing things. Yeah. I like to be the one playing the sport, not the mm-hmm. one watching it. Um, I get that for sure. I expected you to kind of say baseball just because <sighs> of your dad's background. So for people who are listening, if you're any kind of baseball fan, this is an affiliate of the the team here right in town is the affiliate to the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you've, and, and you've had guys oh, yeah. play on the team live with you. Yeah, my dad hosted a couple of them last year. Not on purpose. He moved to town and they were like, oh, we don't have somewhere for him to live. So he came and stayed with us, which was really cool. It was having, you know, a big brother I never wanted. So if you're listening, appreciate that. <laughs> So I wanted to, and I wanted to include the sports question because um, you're into sports. Like you are, oh, yeah. you're into sports. So I wanted to at least have people know that this is, uh, this is something that you, like athletics, sports, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing is, is in your wheelhouse. I'm not so, anti for sure. Right, right. So um, we kind of answered this question a little bit already. Um, this guy asked if you were familiar with AT <laughs> motocross prior to meeting me. Yeah. So no. Yeah. Um. I literally knew nothing. Yeah. At all. I mean, I, I knew it existed, but I didn't. There's so there's so much that goes on in it, and I'm still learning. And I'm oh, of course. I'm super excited to learn more. So if anyone has anything they feel like I need to know or they want to teach me, if you see me at the track and are like, mm, no, um, I mean, please, please by all means, learn yeah. me. Yeah. I think um, even like. We all struggle with this probably as ATV guys, where when you say ATV, hey, what do you do? Oh, I race ATVs or oh, I race ATV motocross. Yeah, I'm getting that a lot. As soon as you start, as soon as you say ATV, people think uh, a rack in the woods, like bombing around, dragging your deer or whatever. (laughs) Like that's what they think. Oh, like when I I tell people like, oh, I race motocross. Oh, like, oh, okay. And then if it goes on a little longer, I'll say I actually race ATV motocross and, you know, we're still on like same governing body. We race on the same tracks. It's just, I'm on an ATV. And, uh, yeah, so I went to probably, I mean, you had already kind of said like, Hey, you didn't know anything, uh, bridging off of that. We had another question. Uh, a guy asked if you think you would have ever seen or heard about ATV motocross. Now you said you probably knew it was out there. I knew it was a thing. I guess I didn't like sit down and ever watch it per se. Uh However, I am not someone who sits in front of a TV. Right. I just, as soon as I sit down at the end of the day, like it's sleep time. Mm -hmm. I'm you and I struggle with this. We'll get like an episode of our show in. And by the end, you're snoring in my ear and I'm like, yeah, same Z's bye. Yeah. So yeah, I think I just uh, don't watch TV. No. And, and, the thing is, and it's a, it's a blessing, maybe, absolutely, and it's a curse, but with our sport, it's like this cult atmosphere where as oh, soon as... Oh, super excited for that. Well, well, as soon as something happens, I mean, you've seen it with this podcast, everybody supports it. Like, Fair when enough. something new comes, like, it's all for one, one for I. You know, like, it's a family. And uh, with other... Like thi- cult's not the same word for... A f- that if you mean family then. you know what i mean like it's like uh eat sleep and breathe like that's where black uh, and that's praise the witches that's something about atv motocross is there's just this togetherness and uh so yeah like inside of the sport it's all eat sleep and breathe it die hard atv motocross people outside of the sport it's like what what is that or why are you doing this mm-hmm. or you know what i mean yeah. so yeah, i yeah. wouldn't have expected like unless you're close to it 
you don't you don't understand this. So I feel like this is a really good opportunity to say something I've been thinking about. So if this is a family and we're all going to be together, I think I don't I mean I don't know how it's going to be when I get there. I feel like it would be so cool if all of the women you know, the wives and girlfriends and fiancés, whoever were friends at the track. Because obviously there's times where you guys are going to do your own thing and I can't be attached to your hip. But like, I think one of the coolest things is to have friends who understand what you're going through. So if you need to vent about something, they get it. You don't have to backtrack and try to get them to explain. And they are never going to explain because they're not going through it. Right. But I hope that... Like, that's actually one of the things that I hope the most. I think um, you're going to find that people gravitate towards each other at these yeah, events. Like I, I really, really do. I really hope that. It's not like that. some other sports where it's cut. I yeah. mean, it is cutthroat, but it's like. This is people's invitation, though. These are your girlfriends and wives and fiancés. Like, this is your open invitation. Be my friend. Yeah. Like, come grab me. If you see me not doing anything, just, I promise, plenty I might have RBF you, face. It's plenty, not real. <laughs> plenty of you know Brooke, too, and you're going to be like. That's so her. Like, yeah, she wants to be friends fair. with everybody. No, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I'm not really clicky. I just, wanna be I want to be everybody. social. I don't yeah. want to be standing there by myself. No. If you see me standing there looking around, That's I'm not, not judging anyone. I'm looking for people to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, kind of segueing all these questions together, um, what was your first impression of the sport? Uh, and slash like what I do when you first met me and how has that changed? You kind of piggyback, you know, you kind of talked about yeah. that a little bit, but, um, I feel like it's going to be, it's just an an evolving. Under- yeah. It's just an under, you're understanding more now in a month from now, you're going to understand oh, more obviously. in two months, you know, you're going to understand more than that. Yeah, but, for sure. For sure. Um, um, I guess my first, what was your first impression? impression? I'm curious about that. Well, at first, like right from the get-go, I kind of was like, okay, cool. But I I didn't understand it. Yeah, right? And I just was like, you know, it wasn't – it didn't seem like it was that much of who you are because I just was focused on your personality and characteristics and the way that you made me feel about myself, not so much like what you did. So my impression of it was like, neato, he drives a four-wheeler. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cool. Sweet. Thumbs up. Like, mm, neato. But um, now, after watching you at Cedar Lake a couple times, and no negative comments to anyone else, but watching you compared to other people who are just there having fun, it was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, kid means biscuits. (laughs) I I think that uh, that was the that was what I was curious of to kind of know was uh, how you thought about it then. Versus Not now. really knowing anything. And then now you know more. Yeah, it's, no, for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things that is going to just take a little bit of time. And I feel like I don't, when I think about racing and everything, I don't sit down and think about you driving your quad. I think about how can I support you? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that you need from me to be the ve- best version of you? So when it comes to like eating healthy and working out and all mm-hmm. of those like little things that yeah, I can do as a girlfriend, that yeah. like that's what I think about. Like what is going to make you the best version of you to race that I can help with now and help support you on? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of where my mind has been. I mean, obviously it's been shining through with obviously activities in our life that mm-hmm. we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I And, we, and this uh asker of this question kind of included this with his but we got variations of this we got a number of them was like do you think the sport is cool or do yeah, you of like course it? I do. like um 
because you never know. Like some people just never fair. get it. Like they just never understand. Well, and there's nothing wrong with something not being your thing, but Absolutely. I definitely, I definitely enjoy it. Like, I mean, I took the day off and came to Cedar Lake, which was just a fun day. And I had a it's ton an, of fun and, being there. And for people that don't know, it's an indoor track. Oh, here. sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if you follow me on social media, you probably thought, oh, it looks really fun there. Cause there isn't indoor tracks like that around really. So, uh, Anyways, yeah, like that was really your only experience being around it firsthand. Obviously, yeah. you've seen my social media stuff for, you know, however long now and um, you're picking up on it that way and you're seeing how hard like I grind, you know, and how hard I work to make this happen. But yes. um, yeah, so so all the at the track experiences will be new though. And that's why, honestly, that's like some of the reason why when you started to talk about wanting to do this. I kind of wanted to be able to hear from somebody that wasn't entrenched in this. Cause obviously everybody that's been on my podcast basically eats, sleeps and breathes it has for forever. So like to have somebody's opinion, cause this, these aren't even conversations you and I have had, right? No, like, we, we like, really haven't. No, like you knew me cause being that we're here in Wisconsin, we started really seeing each other November, December. Like there was times where like, uh, for the majority of the first couple months of us being together, like we didn't even talk about this kind of stuff. We didn't stuff talk about it. And, and I wasn't really around it. Right. No. I mean, I was in school, like yep. obviously yes. we were, I was still doing things, racing related podcast things, whatever, but you did like things are starting to gain momentum now as the season is getting closer and closer. Yeah. And then as the season comes, like it's, it's all day, every day. I feel like we met at the perfect time. Yeah, we really did. We got, uh, Eliza asked if you would ever consider giving racing a try. Absolutely. You would. Hell yeah. Why, why, why not? So she said, are you uh, afraid that I would hurt myself? Because there is a slight bit of fear there just because I'm always like, ah, that's fine. I can do that. And then it turns out I can't do that. And that was are... me snowboarding. Okay. Yes. I didn't want to bring that up, but it mm. fit too well. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> cause she did ask her original question was, I think she maybe anticipated you saying no. So she oh. said, would you be willing to ride, not oh, race? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So growing up, I begged my parents for a dirt bike. And ultimately, they did not get me one because I was that clumsy child who was a daredevil. And they knew that nothing good would come from it. But also, they did not have a background in anything of that, you know, nature. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was foreign. And they're like, uh, we grew up without it. She doesn't need it either. Oh, yeah. So then they got me into horses, which was so much safer. Um, yeah, we looked it up that you have a much higher chance yeah. of getting hurt on a horse than yeah. a motocross track. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think both things give you, you know, the the happy chemicals and the adrenaline oh, for and sure. yeah, all the, of that kind of stuff. I, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that it's, you know, to each your own, what you grow up with, what you like, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, obviously they both have their negatives too. Um, so my, my opinion always was, uh, if you're not living, then why live? So if you lock me in a cage or put me in a bubble, like that's not living to me. I just want to. So if you're not living life to the fullest, well, you're basically, not if you're not living, right. if you're not, if you're it's like for me, living is being adventurous and doing, Got you. you know, doing that kind of thing. Like we if you're not living, you're not, you're not alive. Like you know, like you got to feel, you got to do things in life to make you feel alive. 
And I there, feel like there that's some how I live. people though too that don't enjoy that. No, I know, but, but I'm just saying for me. Yeah. And fair. probably most of our listeners, if you're listening to this, honestly. And if you've made it this far already, I really appreciate you still listening. Continue. <laughs> um, so we got a question and I thought it was pretty interesting about what is the strangest <laughs> aspect of our sport? Um, as a relative newcomer, and the first thing you said, <laughs> this is one of the only questions that I am so that sorry if anybody is listening that is offended by this, but please know I don't mean it so, directly. Yeah, so of. when, so she's, I only prompted her with like three of these questions ahead of time. This one, this I answered one. on my, yeah. no, it wasn't. I answered on my own. Like you told me this. Well, I know but that. I like, no, 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 no. I, I didn't influence any of your answers, but correct. this is one question I like a- asked you ahead of time. Yeah. And your first thing was, <laughs> What is the strangest aspect of the sport? And oh, you're like instantly comes. monster girls. Now people like <laughs> sorry like friends. She Brooks majority of the racing you've consumed to this point is supercross racing. Yes. And at the beginning of super their supercross season at like Anaheim One, you're like, what are those girls doing? Why are they dressed up like that? Are they dressed up like that at every race? Like they, the the monster girl thing was so perplexing to you. And for us, they've been. I mean, monsters been at the track for probably yeah, yeah, I'm sure. ten or fifteen years. So it's like that's normal. Yeah, and for those who are probably a little like, oh, she's just jealous. I definitely do not have any of that like girl on girl stuff where I feel like a potato compared to someone else. Yeah, I've never been like self conscious or like, oh my god, she's so pretty. That's I'm just so ugly. Not your no, it's not. Um, I think that every single person has their own things that make them beautiful. Um, I don't think that twenty five pounds of makeup is what makes someone beautiful. So I think that's where I was like, eh. and I just, I. I guess I don't know. Like, right. what are we doing? Why are we paying these girls to do this? It's just drawing attention to the logo. But you no, gotta, I but get you, that. But, but you got to remember. Oh, yeah, because like, I definitely was looking. Like, my attention was definitely on Monster. Like, the local Moto Bro, he's into that. Oh. He is into that. Yes. So, um, how did you adapt or change your life to fit Cody's? I don't feel like I had to change my life any. When you, man, when you really find that person that you love wholeheartedly you don't I mean you just do what you have to do you you find ways to you know kind of flex mm-hmm. your schedule to fit there so that you can see them and be with them and you go do those things that the support them you love them yeah that's what you do right so I don't feel like I had to change anything like yes I'm doing things that I didn't do before you because I didn't have them introduced to me and I didn't I don't feel like I had to adapt I do think that we're adaptable and we do it on our oh, own sure. without yep. that like consciousness of it. No, I was I didn't think that you did much adapting or changing, and that's why no. I was like, oh, this is a good question. And to I ask. mean, I you, I mean, you shouldn't have to. Like, well, you right. shouldn't. So this is another one too, where I was like, I don't think that this really applies to us, but I wanted to ask it anyway. So, okay. um, what are the biggest strains the sport puts on your relationship, and how do you work around them? So, I think that you and I do a a phenomenal job of when when something presents itself that we need to overcome it's not you versus me it's you and me versus the problem we're on the same team we're at it together Mm -hmm. so it's not really a strain like yes there are things that stress us out there's things that me stress me out and you support me and vice versa but like I don't feel like this puts a strain on us um Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have a flexible schedule where I can work a ton and flex off days and be at your races and be there to support you at things that I need to be there for you for. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like if you look at something as a strain, 
you're maybe not with the right person because that shouldn't, you know, their life and the things that they love shouldn't stress you out. You should look at them as, you know, that's, that's part of them. Right. Exactly. That's Um, actually, this is the talking point I wanted you to be able to kind of bring up because the strain isn't, it's not, no, no, it's not. Um, I, I think that you and I laugh everything off. There's been times where I feel like I should have been crying, but I was like nervous laughing instead. Like mm-hmm. I literally laugh at everything. I have a crazy wild day that was like super intense. And I'm like, what just happened well, as I'm laughing? Your perspective is everything, right? So I suppose. It, I You're mean, not wrong. Whatever you make it out to be, that's what it's going to be. Whether it's really good or really bad, if you can mm, kind of yeah. just make it out to not be as good, bad or yeah. whatever like uh, yeah it's all how you see it perspective is but i i also feel like because you and i had a couple months in the very beginning where we weren't dating and we were just friends and we i don't even know that we like i don't even know that you could say friends as we hadn't met we were just that like social media friends i feel like th- being that you were my best friend before anything yeah I so 100 percent. i just I don't feel like there's a strain because it's always been you and me on the same team. Well, I have this regardless of our relationship status. And I, I, um, it's not even a conscious decision to do it, but I say we. Yes. Like everything is we. Same team. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Shake and bake, baby. So, uh, what do you. We were like pretty serious and now this is a funny (laughs) question. Oh, God. Oh, no. What do you like most about Cody? And he said, what's so great about him? And then he added that Mm. I didn't need to say that part, but I was going (laughs) to anyway because, I mean, everything's Um. So what do I like most about you? I, like, for those of you... Pressure is on. I feel zero pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, I feel like... For those of you who know what love languages are, if you don't, please look it up, read it, learn it, love it. It will help you in your life in general, not just with a significant other. Thank you for nodding and being on my team with that. But I think my favorite thing about you is that we speak the same love language. Um, And in that, you know, love to me is how someone else makes you feel about yourself, So the things that you do are what I need in order to feel loved. So that makes me feel complete and fulfilled. And it just fills all of my needs as far as like feeling important and feeling beautiful. Nobody in my life has made me feel as beautiful as you have. And I don't just mean compliments here and there or like I like your outfit or whatever. Like you truly make me feel like the very best version of me Mm -hmm. and it it just speaks volumes. I didn't, I didn't know that this was out there. And for those of you who don't feel this, please wait for it because it is there. Your person will speak the same love language. Yeah. And it, I, it's so important and you it just is. don't realize it until you have it. Well, you, you from the very beginning, um, and I think that this is so cool to have this kind of content on here because, I mean, you're speaking to somebody's soul, you know? I'm speaking it, from mine. Well, no, I know, but there's people who are going to be like, yeah. Well, like, and I mean, this is ATV. So this is probably a bunch of guys who are like. But the thing is, is like, Ugh. I listen to podcasts. They have. You do. The, the, you the, always on, have them on in the shop. But on the Pulp Show or whatever, like even they talk about stuff like this. And okay. I'm like, and I'm like, 
oh my God, like there's other people that think these things. There is so much content in the whole world that we all go through, but nobody talks about it. And there's that like weird stigma behind it, which makes no sense to me because we're all dealing with it. Like, why can't we talk about it? So you said this thing to me because I never knew the love languages Mm -hmm. thing or whatever. It's a book, guys. You can buy it on Amazon for like less than $10. And guys... Truly, if you want to understand your woman and why she's acting the way she is and what she needs, I'm not kidding. This is like a cure-all, fix-all. Yeah. Like, look it up. Read it. So you said something to me that really stuck with me. And you said the way that somebody loves a person mm-hmm. is showing how they need to be loved or something well, like that, Well, right? you treat people the way that you need them to act in order okay. for you yeah. to feel good. Yeah. So, like... We'll go back to the love languages because it's just an easy yeah, example yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah, gifts. Yep. Like sometimes, like me, I mean, I even have a couple t-shirts in my bag for you right now that I ordered offline that I was like, oh my God, these would be so cute on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I need that to feel loved, but like it's something I like doing for you. It just, you yeah. do the things that you need someone to do. So truly you can watch how a girl reacts to, or reacts to you, treats you, and that's what she needs you to do. Right. So if you ask her or if you know you ask her to do something and she jumps up and goes and does it, it's because she needs you to do the same thing. Yeah, I guess for me too, it's like um, not even in big events, not gifts or whatever. It's more like the way you carry yourself on a day to day basis and treat Let's doesn't strut. doesn't even have to be your your significant other, right? Like it can be yeah. the way you oh, react you treat to your everybody. parents, your family, your friends, whatever. Like the way that that person treats you is the way that that person wants to be kind of treated back. Correct. If I follow that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you said that to me, that really stuck with me. Cause I literally instantly in my mind, there was people that I was like, Oh, <laughs> they do this and they want that same treatment in return. Not that I'm the kind of guy that like, you pick up on everything. You're well, very but, thoughtful. But, but I'm like, I treat everybody well. You but do. It's more like, you do. It's more like, this is what this person needs from me. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's a family relationship or whatever. So uh, that really stuck with me. So I'm actually really pumped that that made the podcast because I don't even think I thought that was going to go there. So Sweet. Um, do you get nervous when Cody rides? Um, No. So Cody wears a lot of... I feel like extra braces that I don't see other guys putting on, like your knee braces, you know, that actually makes me more comfortable. I know that it's not like... Knee braces, chest protector. Some people yeah, don't wear all a chest that kind protector, of stuff. neck brace. Not everybody wears a neck brace anymore. And I wear the best of the best stuff. That's you know. also fair. So that, and I, I mean, I trust you. I trust your riding abilities. I trust your, you know, your brain to be quick thinking and get you out of a situation if it needs to and, to, you know, to react correctly in order for you to come home to me every night well i think i mean it's all maybe whatever everything you do like in an athletic uh sense or maybe even in life in general but it's all just calculated risks like when people ask about it it's like i'm not trying to get hurt but you but i know that that's part of the game yeah it's calculated risks and And i'm not gonna put myself in harm's way but i'm also gonna push myself to the limit as far as like accidents accidents happen people they happen you cannot prevent them that is why they're called accidents and not on purposes and i mean going back to my life and horse rolls i was in a pretty crazy accident um on a different horse not mine that ultimately ended up 
with a saddle horn completely through my cheek. I hit my head so hard that I had two seizures, one on the floor, on the ground, and one in the ambulance. Um, and I had 38 stitches in my face. Now, knock on wood, I haven't had any more seizures. Obviously, those of you who have gone through that know that there is that risk now the rest of my life. But it was it was a crazy moment. It was like a one in a million thing. It was just, all of it was wild. And it just added up to be such a negative moment of my life. Mm -hmm. So I know that accidents happen and I know that you can't always control them. Yeah. I still, I mean, I still trust your, you know, quick thinking and everything, but I also, I'm not going to worry about something either because it's not going to help it. It's not going to do me any good. It's just going to make me sick. Exactly. No, I think, yeah, you don't, you always, you can't just fear the unknown in that sense. Also, like, this is something that's sad about, um, about football a lot of times is where they use this analogy and they say that, you know, uh, it's when, not if. Yeah, that's There's a 100% chance of injury. That's very similar to motocross racing. Like, you're going to hit the ground. It's um, just how hard and when and, and, and what, what circumstances. Happens. But but yes, like it's going to happen. If you put some, if you put a kid um, on a four wheeler or a motorcycle or whatever when they're young, they're eventually like, it's you know you're gonna hit the ground. You're probably gonna hit the <laughs> ground right away. Like that's just that's, how it works. God, I'm so excited for that. Mm. <laughs> so um, so yeah, but it's just calculated risk. That's how I look at it. So um, now we're kind of into a little bit longer questions here. Sweet. Uh, being the significant other of a pro level rider means that you're not only a best friend, Aww. but also part of a crew, emotional supporter, and more. How do you stay positive and supportive even on the tough days as the rock for your athlete? I don't know that I can. I, I, I know that I can't answer it for an actual race day. But the, yeah, the reason just to just to butt in there, the reason why I said uh, why I included this question still was you can still relate it to life. Oh, like absolutely. Tough days, which is what I was going to do. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but like, you know, going back to being a best friend and loving your person full heartedly, you, you support them through everything. And you kind of got to like, I don't want to say humble yourself, but you have to remember that there are moments that are your moments and there are moments that are their moments. And there's moments where they're, you know, your moments as a team and, your race and your sport and your life, your job is your moment. It's not about me. It's about you. And what can I do to be the very best partner, crew member, best friend, significant other, whatever it might be? What is it that I can do to be the best for you? You just you just got to remember it's not about you. It's about your that moment's about your person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they need you to stay out of their hair, stay out of their hair. Right. You know, exactly. if they need you to be right there, go be right there. Yep. But whatever they need, you can't take it personal. So There's the thing that- nothing like, duh, I cannot stress that enough. Like if I need something and mm-hmm. I, there's been times where like, you'll try to talk me down out of something and I'm like, hold on, bro. Let me be mad. Like, I just need you to let me be mad. And you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. don't take it personal. You don't get upset with me for not wanting the way that you would have needed me to react for you. You understand it. And you're like, all right. Here's a snack and a deep breath. So, you know, this is one thing. um, The one other, I kind of just mentioned something a minute ago on something that really hit home for me when you said it It made so much sense. The, the, how, you know, how you treat people Mm -hmm. want to be treated type thing. The biggest thing that, you know, one of the things that I, uh, 
I learned and picked up on from you that I'd never, ever done before in my entire life Ooh. is you had said, um, don't be afraid to ask what a person needs. Oh my you. gosh. Yes. That and is I had, huge. I, I've never done that before. And I do think I'm like, I'm all on board with that uh, idea because it was like, instead of just trying to figure it out yourself, not asking questions. Oh, and girls are confusing. I confuse myself sometimes. There, there's times too where you're like, what do you need from me right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind you, he says a lot nicer. I'm just hungry, so I'm a little sassy right now. But I will tell you, I mean, if I'm in a moment that I'm like not well and you literally have said "You, this has never happened, mm-hmm. I don't know what you need from me right now. What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and if I know, I'll tell you. And sometimes I'll just say, I don't know. But truly, that kind of like snaps you back to reality of like, okay, maybe yeah. we're overreacting. Yeah. And, and again, like it's something I never even realized. It's probably something I never even really thought of. So that's why if I can kind of, if I can share that learning that I had. Every, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate that you did that too. It's huge. Everybody it out there might already know this, but if there's one person that doesn't, like you're, you're welcome. Learned. Yeah. You're learned. No, it that does. It goes a huge way. And don't feel like you can only do that with your significant other. I mean, and it doesn't have to be a negative moment either. It could just be a moment where someone's doing something and you have that awkward pause of like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Literally ask them, what is it that you need from me? Mm-hmm. Um, and guys, as far as your girlfriends go, we have crazy moments. Sometimes they overtake our brain and then we can't think and we don't even know what we need. But ask them what they need. Mm-hmm. Truly, I feel like it'll shock so many people as like a, you know, why can't you say it? Why can't you just tell them? Yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, 99% of the time, it's probably going to be food. <laughs> so maybe just offer that first, like a snack, but not like an apple, like a good snack. Okay. Like Cheetos or something. Sounds great. I know. I'm really hungry. Um, so the next question was, how do you help Cody keep himself so good looking? That was the first part <laughs> of the question. That one, mm. that, yeah, I think, because it was a gear, it was a gear related question because um, my gear always looks good. Ah, well, that's not fair because your that's mom is a professional at that. And that's, I am not about to take that away from her because she does eight damn good job that's what i'm saying so we're skipping to the second part of this question Fair was enough. is there any advice that you would give girlfriends and wives of the sport i feel like this whole time i've been like spreading my advice to people that i yeah you're right and really I, have I like for them. what this has become because i do yeah. because i mean that was one of the things that i was most drawn to um in you was just uh your perspective uh i enjoyed so much so i think uh you're going to you're going to come away from this podcast with a bunch <laughs> of fans in the in the I hope I make friends. I am here to make friends. Yeah. I would love to. We can be Instagram friends, probably not Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook. Um but I think if I do did have any more advice, it would it would be a couple of things to not make anything about you when it comes to racing in their career. You got your own job. Get your own hobbies too. Mm-hmm. You know, do things that keep you busy. While he's doing his thing. Like, yes, go to the track with him and support him and all of that stuff. You look really cute right now, by the way. And be there for him. But you need to have your own hobbies, too. And if you don't have any, I'm not kidding. Freaking Google that shit. There are so many things out there and so many people that are probably in the same boat as you. And Facebook groups you can even go on. Find hobbies. Keep yourself busy. And guys, same. Don't expect your girl to be there all the time. 
but I mean, encourage well, it. Obviously, you want general, a best friend, but don't expect her to drop everything and always be there. Just in general, it's healthier to have kind of your own gig too. Yeah. You know, you like you can yeah, be, like you can be supportive as could be. But it's good to have your own thing. And I mean, at nights when you and I aren't hanging out, I love working late and mm-hmm. really grinding. And you do the same thing. Oh, like yeah. l- last night I got home at like nine something after working mm-hmm. 27 hours in a 36 hour span. Yeah. And you, I laid down to go to bed at like 10, 30, 11 and you text and you're like, oh, yep, just stopped working. Like we, yeah. we like doing that kind of a thing, but it's something we've communicated about, comprehended each other's oh, needs sure. and we're here. That's another huge thing. Do not just talk to hear them talk. Truly talk to comprehend what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You need to take a moment to let it sink in and understand it or you're not going to get anywhere. And believe me, nobody likes feeling like they're not being heard. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that. Yeah. No, you're, you're... People are probably sitting at home like, is she a therapist or is she... Like, what well, is your this mom's girl? a therapist. My mom is a therapist. Close friends. to being a therapist in what you do. So I feel like I'm a underpaid therapist sometimes when people... Yeah. yeah. really just need someone to talk to but i'm okay with that because man i can think of so many people and so many times where like you know i've felt that where i'm like i do not know who to talk to about this and i'm very confused and i'm frustrated and stressed and and i guess you know everyone's definition of a crisis is different i mean there's obviously the dictionary you know definition and my job definition but everyone's definition for themselves is so well, different. Well, yeah, a crisis for for each person is different. What I so think is a crisis different. is different than what you think is a crisis yes. is different than what well, Dallas, and- producer Dallas thinks is a crisis. So, um, yeah, so you're you're spot on but right yes, there. I think that's all the wisdom I have to throw <laughs> up on everybody at this point. Um, so we all know this is this guy's question. We all know that the sport has limited support year in and year out. Uh, meaning very few riders can make this their sole career. How do you and Cody plan to create a long racing career knowing that money may need to come from an outside source? Mm -hmm. So I've started selling feet pictures, so that should help. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, you have not. (laughs) You have been asked. Also, if someone is still, or like not if someone, for whoever is still listening, thank you for saying this long and enjoying like what's about to probably be really sassy. I don't, I've never been someone who worries about money. Like, yes, I know you need it. I know what it does. I know why you need it. I know what's expensive and all of that. I know the expenses of living, but I know that stressing about it's not going to give me more money. Um, It's not going to make anything easier. And I've also not sat down and thought about having kids and how much it's going to cost and all of that kind of stuff. So I haven't really like crunched numbers mm-hmm. to be able to give a legit response to that. Yeah. I wanted to, I almost like asked this question because I wanted to be able to kind of articulate it myself too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, yeah, like I'm going to be in the industry forever, particularly, I mean, especially now with the podcast, like the podcast is probably, oh, you guys get to listen to Cody forever. <laughs> the podcast is probably keeping me, even around now more than I maybe would have been. Okay. Um, but it's not going to be like if things go on the path they are right now, like even right now going to all the races is a struggle. So like you also though, I think I know that everyone's life changes and mm -hmm. evolves and things are just different, but you also had a sponsor at the very last minute be like, "Mm, sorry, can't. Um, at a point in time where you're like, I don't have time 
to reach out to other people. Right. And it's not, it's not a negative, you know, punch yeah. on anyone. It's yeah. just yeah. like, you know, that kind of stuff happens. And how do you prepare for that? You know, right. like that's obviously stressful and mm-hmm. in different ways, different people to handle stress differently and feel it differently. But, you know, so I think if there was a strain, truly, I think that would be it. Mm-hmm. However, I've obviously tried to be as supportive as I could be oh, when I sure. came to all of for that. For sure. So like, yeah, where, I mean, where I was going with that is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this could very easily be my swan song as far as like chasing the series as a whole. Um, but again, I like, I'll always be around it. I'll always go to as many races as I can. Like I'll always be within the industry. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, really signed up for some stuff, huh? But I mean, I, what I guess what I wanted to be able to talk about is like, I grind my tail off. You do. You really to do. To be able to do this. Like all day, every day from morning to night, like, and to be able, I mean, like, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, like, you know, about the podcast, you probably don't know how much goes into it and, oh, and for all sure. the time spent like days and days and days per episode, you know, like to get everything together and working with sponsors and using the, the correct verbiage and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. my own racing career has been something I've done all day, every day for a decade almost. And, um, and then just to make it happen, working with sponsors and like, and then working in the gym and working in the shop on my own stuff. Like it's all day, every day. I mean, I write press releases for, for race teams. Like I, I do my riding schools. That's another source to help fund my racing. Like I grind my tail off just to be able to do it. But it's like, I've never questioned it because it's what I love to do. Like this is my life's work. Like this is what I do. But, um, you know, even the next question, like we had a question about, you know, is there enough money in ATV racing to raise a family? I'm and just trying I, to get a puppy. Right. And, and I mean, that's obviously down the, like <laughs> down the road. Okay, good. I would like that in writing. <laughs> but, um, like I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to, I, uh, I wouldn't want to do that in where we are right I, now, because like, again, I'm grinding my tail off just to, just to like be able to still go. But, mm. but like this, what I'm doing now, whether it's podcast stuff, working with companies as a uh, working with racers, being at the races, like all this stuff is going to lead me to whatever my next role is as a profession. Right. You right. know, so, I mean, I've always like, this is, was just me investing in myself. And you know? I, I follow, you know, some of the wives of dirt bike racing mm-hmm. and uh, I like, I mean, Cal Baggett, holy buckets. That woman is first Blake, of all, Blake Baggett's wife. Yes. Yeah. yeah sorry guys. Um, Blake Baggett's wife, Cal is one hell of a mom. Oh my gosh. I like, I truly look at her and there is so much that I am inspired by. And I think that she's a natural bombshell. She doesn't care. She's mm-hmm. not the person like you can just see it. Not yeah. the person who sits down and put gobs of makeup on to impress everyone. She truly, it shines through being a mom and being a supportive wife to Blake. You can just feel yep. are her most important things. And I just like, man, that's what I strive to be. Yeah. I, I truly, you guys, if 
if you need some inspiration, girls, gosh, go look at her. Go go look at her Instagram. First of all, Breaker is the cutest baby I have ever seen. It is like the happiest freaking kid. He's always got that huge smile in all of her pictures. And it's just like that whole picture is what I want. But I also see that there's, I mean, there's obviously obstacles and struggles she has too. There's a lot of happy moments that she posts, but I love that she's real. She's so real. She's yeah. so freaking real. And I mean, just about that. the ups and the yes. downs and the bad because days they're at the there. races and the great days at being together. Like, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I could sit here and, you know, blow smoke up everyone's ass and tell you that our relationship is perfect and all these things are so happy, but there is nothing in the world that is all rainbows and unicorns. That is not real. It is made up. There are Mm -hmm. downers and struggles and stressors. It's just how you handle it and how you look at it. Yeah. And I think, uh, the one too, you know, as you finish your thought there, the one thing too, that I wanted to make sure I mentioned is, uh, you know, there are very few people just for the record that, racing ATVs is their only job. You could count them on one hand. Um, There's a majority of the pro class that, like probably most of them, more than half, like that isn't their only job, right? So um, like, I just feel like, again, like me, I'm not just a rider. I'm not just a podcaster. Before the podcast, I wasn't just a rider. You know, between being a teacher, between being a writer, all these things that I do for people working for companies and this, that, and the other thing, like I said, I grind my tail off to be able to do it. And, uh, and I mean, that's how it is right now, but you know, obviously that's going to turn into, you know, some job for some company or whatever down the road. So, um, just, you know, there's a lot of people cause we get so many questions and every time I do a listener question, um, kind of prompt to get questions from listeners there's always a ton of them that are about money and how much are so-and-so getting paid and you guys don't base your stuff off money do what makes you happy and how much do you make uh you know as a how much does joel hetrick make how much does chad weena make all these things and it's like why does it matter to me it doesn't to me it's not interesting either so like i don't go there you know but um that's not what it like first of all it's not what it's about no but I mean, also like if you're, if you're a go-getter and you can like, there's opportunities out there for everybody pushing all the right buttons, whether that's, whether that's even working for companies, working with companies, sponsorship, it's like, shoot your shot, work (laughs) your tail off and like those opportunities are out there. So, and I like bouncing off of that. Could you imagine how sad our lives would be if we completely based it off of money? So there's a, so there's a quote that has been stuck with me for years, but I'm always scared to share it on my social media because I don't think that people are going to take it the right way. Everyone better sit down quick. So it's a John Wooden quote and he's, you know, historic, nearly philosopher type basketball uh, coach um, from decades past. He's probably the greatest college basketball coach ever. One of the greatest coaches ever um, says, don't let, making a living stop you from making a life and that's how I've always lived it because I'm not a flashy guy I'm not an image guy I don't care what like I've never cared what I wear like I told you very (laughs) early on like you come from the retail you know business in your past profession and I'm like yeah I only wear clothes that I'm given 
So I only wear clothes that are from my sponsors. <laughs> or that I buy you. But now, yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it was yes. a moto related, industry related yeah, clothes you're not all wrong. day, every day. So um, don't let making a living stop you from making a life. And for the and, and we've all been around those people that put monetary value on everything. And Ugh. that just isn't me. Like, no, same. like the memories that I have at the racetrack, the memories you will make at the racetrack and the friends you'll make at the racetrack, they're priceless. Like Dallas knows it. Producer Dallas, my brother Dallas, has... Like, like racing isn't his thing. It's never been his thing, but he's been around it. And he went years without being at a race. And he came to a race last year. And it was actually at Redbud when I cartwheeled down the hill. And I had this vision of having my whole family with Dallas, with my parents and I up on the podium. And it didn't work out that weekend because I, you know, I, 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 we had a, a fluke situation happen or whatever. But even Dallas... I think got the feeling of like this togetherness and this family that the sport is and that we are. And it's like, he even enjoyed his time there, even though it had been like, I don't know, like five, six, seven years since you had been at a race. And it was like, he kind of gets it. And, uh, even with the podcast stuff too, it's like, it's like you're more into it now than you've ever been. And you're not even an ATV, you're not even a racing guy. Like that's not your thing, but you're into it because you kind of see not the first layer, not the layer that people don't understand, but you see it kind of at its heart and all the people that care about it and what makes it what it is. And um, so that's so cool for me to see that Dallas, you see that. And that's what Brooke is going to see you know, kind of as she gets more entrenched in this thing is because it's, it's like, you're going to be like, oh, I get why so many people love this so much. So I'm sure more would too, if they were exposed to it. That's exactly it. That's exactly For it. Cause sure. I actually, we can jump to that question, Aye. but I had the, a question on here um, from somebody and I thought it was interesting that now you, that you know more about the sport, what do you wish was more well-known by, you know, fans or outsiders and, Ooh, yeah, that. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to throw this out here. Like literally could jump out of my seat. Okay. What do I wish that people knew? You guys just heard Cody tell you everything he does. He busts his ass. Please, I am begging you. Stop asking him for th free things. <laughs> I cannot stand that. I would never go to a grocery store and push my card out and be like, I've decided I'm getting this for free today. No, mm -hmm. do not ask for handouts. That is the one thing I wish was different. I wish that outsiders could see just how hard you work to have everything that you have. Things are not just plopped into your lap. Well, you and, still and, work for them. Right. And it's not just me. Cause like, oh my gosh, I'm sure this is every single because, writer. I mean, every every autograph session I've ever oh. done, people want your hat, they want your goggle. God. See, and it's okay. Like people, like like we get giveaways, right? But no, not different. As but not as many as people think. But for people to reach out to you on your personal social media and ask you for your things, things that belong to you mm -hmm. for free, yeah, that you have worked for or bought on your own, right. and they just assume, right. And I'm that. happy and I'm happy mm. to like hook people up. Right. There's but a difference. It's also like the context in which it comes. There's <sighs> people. Well, there's people that message me that are like, hey, I'm a huge fan. 
I'd, you know, I'd love to get something signed from you. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. There's tons of people way more than you would think that say, Hey, like I'll pay you for your That's signed Jersey, different. which I would never do. I would never charge somebody for a signed Jersey. But the thing that it's you like, you also the don't people, have 500 to give away. But I am as generous as I can possibly be you are. with my signed stuff with my, like, I want like, cause to me, you're a people person. Well, but to me too, it's an honor that people want something from me. Right. That people want something with my name on it. Mm-hmm. Like that I've signed or whatever, or posters, All stickers, the t-shirts of yours, whatever. all the of that. The Mono yeah, like, Mesa t-shirts, like still, those are so cool. Like that's crazy to me, that people want to wear my shirts. Of course they do, they're freaking awesome. But but my point is, is like, it's the context in which you do it. Yeah. Because also like, and this is again, because- You're trying I've, to be so nice about this, I've and I'm like so irked ma- to the I've core. I've had so many conversations with other guys, even in other sports that Same do thing. way more, um, way more, sign way more autographs, do like all kinds of, they're a big, much bigger deal than me. Uh, it's the same thing. Every fan Gave wants me. more. Yeah. Let's not be selfish anymore, friends. Yeah. It's time to switch that. It's 2020. <laughs> so, um, gosh, we're almost out of questions. <gasps> how, how do you handle the stress of all the time Cody must dedicate to Bitch his profession when that's <laughs> time that you could be spending with one another? Mm. And he notes that significant others often drive, motivate an athlete but may also struggle with sacrificing time with one another. And he said that I believe this is something that many athletes deal with, but never speak of. So yeah. how do you handle the stress of all the time Cody must dedicate to his profession when it's time you could be spending with each other? But you know, like that does happen. There are nights that we're, you know, after work, we're spending that night together, that evening, you know, whatever it might be, making dinner, going to dinner, whatever. And you mentally are not present because you are just so exhausted. I know I've complained about it, but I don't like, I don't try to keep you from sleep that I'm like, okay, you're visibly tired. Let's go to bed early. Let's, you know, like, let's just stay in tonight and just kind of hang out. You do the same thing for me. It's, it's give and take. Um, it, it's all give and take literally everything. Yeah. About I just, it. yeah. It's, and, and for me, it's like, I, especially like this time of year when it's crunch time for so much yeah. stuff. And, and again, like the podcast takes so you, much time or whatever. Like I feel like I have to, like every waking moment have to be grinding. Like that's how I feel. But you still, like you don't make me feel like I'm not your top priority. You've oh, no. never made me feel like I'm not your number one. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not really – it's not who's on your list or what's on your list. It's how you make them feel. Absolutely. So even if I'm sixth on the list, you still make me feel like I'm number one. And I think that that's huge. So you can't expect someone to treat you and react to how you're acting if you're not acting like an all-star either. Mm-hmm. Like it goes both ways. So I think that in that respect, it's the way that you've handled it and how you've made me feel. Like, yes, you do work long nights. I have shit going on too. Of course. I've got a lot in my life also. And we still find a couple nights a week and every single weekend we are inseparable. And all my friends know that it's not even like, hey, do you want to do this anymore? It's like, do you guys want to do this? Like it just, you, in your free time, you've made me a priority and that's all I ask. I don't ask to take away from your work. So to me, and... I've had this conversation with a guy recently and I don't remember who it was, Mm -hmm. but, uh, trying to better yourself, having big goals, being a go-getter, 
Like all these things, being a hard you worker. Sound like that cat hanging on the but what like, you thing do, poster. Right, but what you do like that, like that's attractive to me. Aww. Like I want somebody like that's just attractive to me. That's working to be better, make a difference, like as a grinder, like because I can relate to that. Like yeah. that's awesome to me. Like that's power to me. And um, t- you know, kind of touching on his question, like if your significant other, and he's not, I don't think he's implying this, but if your significant other doesn't understand it, um, you know, I, I, I think that you're going to struggle, you know, like they need to understand, like if you're trying to do anything, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's, you know, working hard in school, whether it's, uh, whether it's, um, you know, this sport, a sport, whatever, like, Having somebody support you, always support you wholeheartedly like that, should be like natural. It, yeah, yeah. You know? But that's kind of what he's asking. That. Like, yeah, it's tough. Like, yeah, it's tough. Like, there's nights where you... where 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 you're busy and I'm busy yes. and whatever. But it's like you said before. It's like not a strain. It just you... is the way that it. You got to find a, a happy medium and dynamic that works for you. But also if you're with the wrong but you person. you get it. Like you get it. That's right. what I'm kind of getting at. Like you should you, always be with someone forced. that gets it. It's no, not like. It's absolutely like, not. <gasps> okay. It's like. <laughs> no. It's baby. just. It's just how it is. Like it just works. I it think just that fits. That's when you, why. Yeah. When you truly love someone, you open up your heart to that kind of a thing. And you just. You view it so different. So if you're viewing all those things as stressful and as, you know, downers then no offense but maybe that's not the right person Mm -hmm. so yeah no i i agree and i think i hope that we kind of touched on kind of his topic there because it is tough but um like there would be no way that you wouldn't know how much this sport means to me ah clearly right got a good grasp on that right so um I mean, I hope that that works out for this guy too. If he loves it this much, I yeah. hope that his chick gets it. Yeah, because, and I mean... Because, like, I would hate... Because there are people that are forced to stop what they like doing, change who they are. Fair enough. And, and that's, like, just not okay. Like, I wouldn't... like. You can't ask that of somebody. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, if, and you're also not going to be a happy person if you do that. Well, no, and I have said this to you. Like, you have to let your other person do the things that make them happy. Because when they are their happiest, that's when you as a couple are going to be your happiest. You have to be happy by yourself before you can be happy with someone else. So if you're struggling, you need to help them figure out what it is that they need to do as an individual to be happy. And it might be something that you can't physically help with. You know, it might be a journey that they have to travel alone. And it doesn't mean break up. It means just support them while they do their thing. Mm -hmm. And don't, don't ask all of this stuff of them while they're on that journey. Let them, let them figure out who they are and what they need to be happy before you can be happy as a couple. For sure. Which is a tough thing to do. Oh, hands down. So hard. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I wonder if you're going to have all kinds of people like reaching out to you now, but you're honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that though, because I mean, I can think back to all of these moments that I've had in my life where I'm like, it would be so great to hold someone's hand through this awful moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't have anyone and I had to claw my way to the top on my own. And uh, holy crap, can I, can I relate to so much that I'm not even sharing here? I mean, 
my life hasn't been all rainbows and unicorns. Obviously, I, I had a great upbringing and a great family that loved me. It didn't mean that I made phenomenal choices well, growing it's, up. It's just life. You know, yeah. right. But I've I've been through a lot more and I I understand these things. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I grasp, um, and you've talked about this with me, is understanding how I feel and verbalizing it. And yeah. I think that learning to do that and learning yourself and how things make you feel and being able to tell people in a not so shitty way is a huge blessing mm-hmm. to be able to have those conversations. And I mean, in my daily work, I'm having conversations that are not easy to have conversations, exactly. you know, about different emotions that would make 90% of our listeners a little weak in the knees. Uh-huh. You know, it just the communication. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Ooh. So, yeah, I wanted We go that. from like super serious to I know, like the I know. It doesn't even feel right. It doesn't even feel right. No, it's cool. I'm actually pretty excited for this because so I, there's, uh, there's this. So anybody that's been following kind of the social <laughs> media thing, I know that there's a bunch. I mean, Pulp Nation is huge. Uh, listeners of the Pulp Show, um, for you, those of you who don't know, it's the biggest motocross dirt bike podcast uh, entity. And... Uh, not that long ago, last probably last week, so maybe two weeks ago when you're hearing this, um, they were talking about seeing it all came out up because they saw Walker Fowler wearing his jersey at a Supercross race. That's a topic for another day. But <laughs> they um, oh, sorry. they went into one of the riders that was on the show that night, brought up the fact that ATV riders pull the hottest chicks. And I'm like, okay. Like my first thought was nobody's going to agree with this. Right. And everybody on the show, there's like three or four or five guy, other guys on the show right then and there who all agreed. These are all professional motocross racers, former professional motocross racers or top industry people. Like these are big deals. And, uh, so, I mean, it was, it was, it was very interesting to me that that's where the conversation went. And then not only that, but it didn't end there. It came up later in the show. It came up on another show, like two days later, they were still talking about ATVs and Walker Fowler this last week. So, I mean, this is a big talking point. So where I'm going with this is the very last question we have on our list that we decided for is, uh, is it true that quad riders pull the hottest chicks? And again, where I was going with this, I feel like I can't even answer that. Where I was going with this is, um, on my social media, I kind of posted this whole saga. Right. And even, you know, Pulp was reposting my stuff yeah. and kind of confirmed it. <laughs> and then some some random dirt bike, you know, podcast listener, Pulp Nation guy, you know, comments on one of my posts and says, I listened to Pulp and they were right. Oh, he proved it thank true. you guys. Yeah, That's super sweet. It, he proved it true. And I had tons of people reaching out that were like, you know, hell yeah, brother. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like way to stand up. So in my, in my mind, quad guys absolutely pull the hottest chicks. I think that like, you speaking know, from personal experience, right. Just, but I mean, but I couldn't believe that that came up. I needed funny. to include this question on the, on I, the podcast. So. I wish that people knew how frequently I referred to myself as a potato. Goodness. Yeah. yeah like every day, pretty Not much. Not roughly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that. And I think, and I hope that somebody, guys out there got a laugh about that. I know that people were loving the, uh, the, the, the content, even on my social media and stuff. So, which I really appreciate how much support this got. I was not overwhelmed, but just 
wowed. Like I did not expect as much feedback as you got. Oh, for and this as, show. Yeah, yeah, and as much show, positivity. Yeah. I was like, holy wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people. And it were just into was it. and it, every there were people that messaged me and you guys, nothing went unseen or unheard. Yeah. And every single one of you are so greatly appreciated. And yeah. I just cannot stress that enough. Truly. No, I agree too. I thought the the interaction was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I was surprised with I mean, we got more questions for this one than we pretty much got for any of the other episodes. Oh, you guys. But, but people asked for... Look at a, me making friends. <laughs> people asked for a woman's presence on the on the podcast. And like I said, I mean, now, I you're, now you're on here being a philosopher. Like <laughs> it, I do. Out. I was going to say, I feel a little bit guilty that I don't have more... ATV knowledge to like toss right, on everyone. Have, right. right. No, but we have but, enough of that content. Like this right, is cool for I me. get it. Right. But I still, I know that that's probably what people were kind of a little, maybe kind of hoping for teeny bit, but well, and, and I guess what I, I mean, one of your biggest things with this idea was you wanted people to know more about me behind the scenes, us behind the scenes. Like, you are like, so many people want to know about you. Like they you do. see the people that message me and all these oh things. My gosh, and yes. it's like, and it's like you wanted to kind of share kind of behind the scenes more. Yeah. That's where some of it came from. Mm-hmm. And uh That's where it originated. So, well, and for me, like really took a turn of left field, but me We're still in the field. <laughs> like I from day one with the podcast never wanted it to be about me. That's fair. I didn't, you don't want anything to be about you because I, you're so humble. But I didn't want like people to ever think that this was a showcase for Cody to talk about himself. It should be because you're pretty freaking great. For Cody to talk about his racing. Like that was never what I wanted. Mm, That's why fair. like on okay. mo- most every episode other than the sponsor read, I don't bring up myself. I don't bring up the racing. I don't bring I up don't. that like that kind of thing. So... Um, and for the record, we got plenty of questions t- talking about proposals, about, you know, putting a ring on it, blah, blah, blah. I'll answer that with, it's it's only a matter of time. Like, I knew when I oh, saw you, you but um, yeah, I could have listed the 15 different people that, you know, that prompted that question and were trying to put me in a pickle. And I spun out of that pickle and I'm thriving on the other side <laughs> with a chinchilla coat. <laughs> So I uh, oh I can't handle that yeah so so yeah I'm not saying that I'm impatient but um <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding um so yeah that was uh that was funny so so what you're trying to say is I'm here forever well yeah I mean I'm not letting you out of the room like you're gonna, <laughs> you actually like you're, like oh, you're so married was. to ATV motocross now okay so um yeah so with that you know that's those are the questions that we got. Uh, how did it go? Did you have fun? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Yeah. Of course I did. I, uh, and even me too, and I told you this recently that I was excited for summertime. I was excited to go racing, but, um... I don't know. I don't I, like, are you more pumped to go racing now than before? I was just going to say, you put on here, are you pumped to go racing? Do you mean you, like me watch you, or for me to drive something no for well i mean because i was gonna say did you really like i feel like you knew like as someone who enjoys adrenaline rushes like you knew that i was gonna answer that the way that i answered it actually i feel like 
you probably knew the way I was going to answer everything. I don't feel like we were very surprised by anything that no, came out of my no, mouth tonight. No, I don't tonight. think so. Like I did so good. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was anticipating ah, fair. Uh, the answers, obviously, but um, it was more like I wanted to see, I wanted your opinion because, again, like one of the reasons why I um, was so curious and so excited to have you on once you prompted the idea was that I wanted somebody's opinion. That, I was got all green day. To, that was green to this, right? right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was exciting. So do you have two questions that stand out to you as your favorite? Ooh. So I definitely had more than two. Sorry. Couldn't narrow that down. Um, I have three people who they didn't necessarily ask just one question. Okay. Um, so I wasn't going to read off the question that I liked the most because actually one one person had several questions in here that I really, really liked, okay. um, which was Jim Springer. Yep. Um, another um, asker was Ray Watson. And then Blake Umbaugh. Sorry if I just slaughtered any of your names, um, yep. but we will be reaching out to you to get those changed Of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. for sure. I think, uh, and again, like, you know, we got so many questions. I wish that we could have included them all. Yes. Um, yes, yes but there yes. was some really thoughtful, well thought out, you know, really, um, you know, kind of some, some, some really, really good questions there. So, uh, again, which we so full heartedly appreciate. Absolutely. I think, uh, very grateful for all the people that participated. I hope you like, liked a little bit different content here and, uh, you know, again, like we'll get in touch with those guys. We'll get you those changed. Congrats on the winners. But again, thank you for everybody that participated. Thank you to DID for their support of the podcast and uh, hooking you guys up. So um, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't be able to do the show, bring this kind of content. Hopefully that uh, there's people out there that benefit from all the good things that you had to say. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. I mean, again, like that wasn't initially where I intended the podcast to go, but that's even better for me. I'd rather talk Not about mad. I'd rather do that than talk about myself. Not mad. So, um, so yeah, that'd be, that's good. Not mad at all. Um, so yeah, but you enjoyed it? Like you had fun? I did. Okay, of good. Of course. Good, good, good. I think, uh, again, you're going to have made some friends and maybe <laughs> some fans along the way here. So um, what's your at on Instagram for people that need uh, that? Some direction. Well, need some, so it's... numero uno, I'm on your page. You have me in your oh, yeah. bio, yep. which I'm yep. right there, but it's at Brooke with an E, B-R-O-O-K-E, yep. Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N. E24. Perfect. That's my Insta. Yeah. I, uh, there's going to be people, like I said, you just have so much good to give to the world. I'd like, you know, I like including that just in case there's somebody out there that, mm -hmm. you know, needs a little pick me up, needs some different perspective because from day one, you were that for me. So, um, Aww. yeah, I think, uh, you oh, got a lot I'm of, ready to ugly cry now. You got a lot of good to give. So, um, thanks again for doing this, babe. I, I, uh, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you came up with the idea. It kind of hybrid it into something that I didn't know it was going <laughs> to be. It really did. It took a few twists and turns. Yeah, no, it? it was a, it was a lot of fun. I know yesterday you were stressing about it, so I hope that <laughs> it was it was. Uh, that's well. I yes. hope it was not as stressful <laughs> no, as you thought, because that's no, no. not what it's about. It should be a conversation, and uh, again, it was a lot of fun. So um, I just didn't want to let all of my new friends down. That's well, all. now we're going to have to bring you in to start breaking down racing. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Easy. Let's take that first step, not sprint the whole mile. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm actually really ready. I'm excited to go racing for sure. I'm ready to watch you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to share that, uh, share That's that with you because you're going to get, you're going to get bit by the bug too. Like it Ooh. happens, to, it happens okay. to everybody. So I'm ready for the sickness. 
thanks again, babe. I love you. And love you too. Uh, that's a wrap. May. Before we get to your questions, we'll get right back to the show. But now, a quick word from our sponsors. And now, please stand up and make some noise for our title sponsor, CST Tires. CST Tires and their Pulse MXR Tire have completely overtaken the ATV market. Used by Thomas Brown to clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, by Nick Janusa as he dominated the Montreal Supercross, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics than the competition. Join the takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Check them out at csttires.com today. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing, and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATVMX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including the chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability, as well as longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, or anywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name that is synonymous with ATV racing and synonymous with success. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Whedon, the company quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV Motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams at ATV Motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer chain life making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go with DID. We're pumped to bring on new partner, Namira Technologies. Since 2001, Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. 
Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are proud to announce our partnership with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while you're doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zone back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you're recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillows are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping, free return pickup, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing that they have a 5-star rating by verified customers, including some of our Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. We are proud to announce our newest show sponsor, Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gripped's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, this family affair is constantly working on the next innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com. We are also pleased to announce our partnership with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. We are also supported in part by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you never have to worry about harming your engine or having a premature end to your ride due to overheating no matter what the condition. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles and more, use what the pros use. Upgrade to Evans today. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. A longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class champion Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing Honda teammates. Myself, Cody Jansen, and my 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports' Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, Dylan Tremellen, and his 940 racing team, Troy Hill, and more in ATV Motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. 
these riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top step of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or even message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders on the planet on DP Brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has goodies that'll make you salivate. I trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Now back to the show. And now, joining me to help cover your fan questions and voicemails, he's a multi-time ATV MX national champion, former Pro-Am event winner, top 10 ATV Pro, and AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year. It's my boy, Tyler Hamrick. Brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. We're proud to welcome back to the show, my buddy, Mr. Tyler Hamrick. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, what's going on, brother? Glad to be back on. I appreciate it. Man, what's what's newsworthy in the in the world of Tyler Hamrick, former AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year, two-time ATV MX National Champion, and can I call you a regular on the Pulp MX show now at this point? Because I mean, you're like a weekly staple of the voicemail segment. Oh man, <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I, I, that's kind of like I try to put a good voicemail out there and see if he puts it on, and I'm like two for three. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that's... this week. Uh, after Saturday, I normally put them in on like Sunday or Monday on my way into work when I'm thinking and hopefully come up with some good shit. Yeah, I always I always can pick out your uh, your voice right away. So, um, yep, that's so yeah, what, what else is new? What else is going on these days? Oh, uh, not much. Just uh, living or laying low. Uh, I'm unemployed right now, the weather. So I do some side work here and there and uh, trying to just golf when I can really I'm addicted to golf now so I hit the indoor simulators like once a week I was golfing like Christmas Eve outside I was walking nine so I've been like golfing in the snow like crazy dang <laughs> I would have never is that to sound <laughs> I would have never guessed I would have never guessed that you turned into a I'm golf hooked. guy and I'm not a I'm golf hooked. hater I'm not a golf hater by any means uh oh, I've told I you to be I've told you before that I wish that we uh we weren't that far apart so we could do it together but uh Someday I'll make a make a trip out to Ohio and have you teach me your ways. But um, yeah, in the oh, meantime, yeah. I in the meantime I know that you're still obviously into the the four wheeler scene and stuff. And uh, obviously we've had you on a few times now, and love having you on to be able to talk uh, racing and kind of get the get those kind of vibes flowing. So um, yeah, tonight Definitely. the plan yeah the plan is to cover a wide array of topics. We had a bunch of suggestions from our listeners and. Uh, so make sure you bring some of that enthusiasm from uh, your your Pulp MX voicemails and whatnot, and uh, bring that enthusiasm, right. and let's let's kind of hit the ground running here. Let's do it. All right, man. So I want to start with um, this because people have been loving the throwback content that we've been putting out there. So, what is your first memory of seeing ATV motocross, or like um, kind of being? introduced to like atv pro class racing what what are your first memories of that um probably back in 2008 uh high point 
uh, Brian Jenkins had talked me and my dad and my family to go there and race because he had helped me out at the local scene. I was just racing Woodsman, and he was like, dude, you need to come out, race a real track. There's way more competition. So that was my first ever uh, uh, time getting to see, like, pros and, like, the pits, and I was blown away. I'd never seen factory rigs. I've never seen a vendor's row. I've never seen a track that big, honestly, until 2008. So I was blown away by it. And um, I mean, I'd walk around my mom and dad, we walked the pits and checked out all the rides and just were kind of taking it all in at first. Like it was mind blowing. Yeah, I knew that you were kind of a late bloomer. So I was really curious to know um, what year this was gonna fall because I mean, it's actually kind of crazy to think that like five years later or whatever, I mean, you're, you know, at the front of pro-am races and actually like five or six years later, you're already a pro. So that's pretty crazy how quick your trajectory or ever, whatever was there. But uh, for me, it's like, it's way farther back than that. Like um, yeah. probably, probably like 95, six, seven, somewhere in there. I remember like obsessively. Yeah. I remember obsessively watching like the the old like VHS videos of the GNC days and watching uh, we talked about this on a previous podcast. I don't remember who I was talking to at the time, but um, me like literally watching like the TT segments of these, of these, cause those were my favorite at the time of these VHS tapes and then like hitting the rewind button and then like watching them again. And I remember like the old Wavos videos, the first ones that showed that stuff. And there was a, there, I remember there was a video called foreplay that was like, all old school like 250r you know stuff and whatever so i remember that and then i remember like 99 maybe 99 2000 2001 something in there was my first time seeing a pro in person um ride and it was doug gust came to a local race by us and it was like it was like god had landed right you know it was right. like uh to me it was like it was like it was like Doug Gust and Ricky Carmichael and Brett Favre and like all these people yeah, like yeah. the same like literally yep. the level playing field to me that, so like yeah that's how I I not to jump you off but that when I I did get to see Josh Upperman race at a local track Malvern and the first time I got to see him ride I hung out with his cousins who raced in my class so he actually pitted with us that day and uh, that was like I thought that was like he was a celebrity and he was Josh Upperman on a Kawasaki back okay. in, in those years so yeah yeah like 2007 ish um, yeah maybe that was yeah so i probably seen him in 2007 and i just thought like i've never seen anyone go that fast like that style and like instantly right there like how cool he was to me like he was my favorite rider like right off the rip so that was that was pretty badass to see him ride in person i would never forget that and then and then it wasn't i mean it was a number of years later and you were on a t-shirt with him in an adventure so that's pretty cool. yeah yeah, so yeah, and that's what makes it pretty cool. Like, he was my first ever pro autograph, and he signed a Maple Shade shirt that he was on for that Bartosa Memorial that they used to hold. So, yeah, being on the t-shirt with him really meant a big deal to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool because, like, it just shows that you can do anything that you, like, set your mind to, and it's not that – It's I mean, just hard work and, like, you know, just – Dedication, yeah, practice. And get it done, yeah, for sure. So – um yeah, that's awesome. Hammy, I got to ask you then, you know, how important is training and riding with other talented guys? Uh, I think it's super important. I think you could, 
it's either you might it might take you from a top five rider to a top three or the man you know um i don't think i think it's worth it not to share secrets and if you can get along with someone who's a better rider than you or equal in talent you can learn off each other and you're not just staring at your bar pad trying to get to 20 minutes and then do two laps after you're actually pushing yourself every day instead of just going through the motions yeah i agree so i think that's definitely key and i think uh some of the guys like i don't know that are striving to get to where like joel and chad and thomas are if they have a chance to link up with someone that can ride do it and ask questions well i think you're i mean look at brandon hoag he's a perfect example yeah exactly i think i think for all the time he he spent with joel last year really paid off um but i think you're seeing you're seeing maybe it you're seeing more and more guys do it maybe that's coming from kind of what you see from the dirt bike world and all those guys racing together or whatever but you know you got mm -hmm. thomas thomas and the ford boys are together jeffrey and joel are now together feeding off each other like we said brandon in the past and uh and yeah so it's just more fast guys riding together i think is a good thing um you know and i think that that's kind of where i went wrong to be honest if that that was that would be the first thing i would change the problem is is that i never had the luxury of like living on the road so i couldn't mm -hmm. Um, you know, you and I stayed in Florida and we did some preseason training. That was always kind of a normal that thing. That was for what me. a month we did. Right. I mean, that yeah. was a normal thing for me, but that, that after that month, I mean, I was strapped then, you know. Mm -hmm. So um I couldn't go and stay on the East Coast when we were racing over there and stay with so and so or you know, stay down south in between races with whoever, stay in Texas. And and there's people that do that, and I think that you see you know the steps that they kind of take because of that um i really wish that i would have aligned myself with another pro or a past pro um who could have kind of showed me the ropes and then we could have you know rode together and stuff and that's just not something that uh that i was able to do um especially coming from wisconsin too i mean mm -hmm. yeah um, that obviously has limitations in itself but you know they always talk about any pro sport but in racing too how the sport just kind of slows down for you yeah and i just never felt like that really happened for me i feel like it's slower today and i feel like i'm better today than ever before but um also like in my in my pro class career i think i lost some of the fun um mm -hmm. for me Definitely. and then as it became like a just a like a strenuous process it was just, yeah. uh, it was tough. And then, you know, now I'm having more fun than ever and I feel like I'm faster than ever and stuff. But anyways, I think that, you know, aligning yourself with another guy and, and riding with talented riders is like, mm -hmm. uh, should be a priority of, of all these guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of them are down there at Waldo with their clickers and they're timing one another. And, yeah. you know, they were, they know where everyone else is at, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, you know, obviously we, uh, and I've seen guys clocking in showing posts and stuff from being down at Waldo. Um, those are some good times down there with, with you and I, we, stayed, we stayed at Waldo there and that was, uh, man, that, those are some of my, my favorite memories. Oh, definitely. That was the, one of the funnest months, if not the funnest month of my life, just training and waking up every day and, stretching getting my bike ready we'd ride do our motos we'd go to the steps and run at uh the gator stadium 
Uh, girls are everywhere. Chipotle. I mean, it's sunny out. It's better than Ohio. And we're doing what we love to do with my best friend. So, I mean, just, I mean, what, what more could you ask for? You know, we talk yeah. about it all the time how we wish we could just go back and relive that whole month. And we probably wouldn't change the damn thing. No, I felt like we worked really hard. I really did. Mm -hmm. um, but we still we could have worked harder. Yeah, but yeah. we definitely worked hard. Yeah, I think we definitely worked hard. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we still were able to have some fun. We enjoyed, I think we enjoyed every step of the way. And that was just, uh, that was a really good time. It was, that was the closest I had ever been to riding with another guy that was like my speed, you know, constantly. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that just, that was a blast. And, um, but yeah, they took I mean, good you know, care of the track that year too. They, yeah. they let us like, I remember they let, they asked us what, because there's a shit ton of people down there. Me, you, Ronnie, Fix, Suggs, um, uh, just a bunch, a, a bunch of people. And they, Luke Shepard, they had him running dozers and fixing shit. Like, yeah that's kind of cool. They let us totally tune the track that we wanted to. We, we, we pretty much took over that place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember it must've been the year before 2012. Cause you stayed with mm -hmm. me in 2013, right? Going into 13. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So 2012 is when we were kind of frenemies down there. And, mm -hmm. and I remember a good friend of mine now, Derek Schwartzfager. Um, yeah. He, did was doing some of the track work and helped with some of the yep. equipment and stuff like that. And then, yeah, that next year, um, I, I don't know, remember if that equipment was still there or something like that, but I think that really helped out those guys. Um, yeah. Track was great. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you know how it goes. Like, I feel like there was people that had avoided riding with each other. And oh yeah. We, when we rode, no one rode with me and you. We would be the first ones on the track and fixed, and all of his homies would be with their clickers, like watching us. But they, they never want to ride with us. I never understood it. They would wait till like four in the afternoon. It's tough for everybody. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, but those are the days, you know? So I just, oh. I see the, I see the videos of people doing it now, and I'm like, dang, these kids, um, it just seems like a blast. So, all right, jumping back in here. And hey, Hammy, by the way, were you one of those people that thought that Digger actually attempted Larocco's Leap? Yeah, I was. Because uh, I always was told he went back to the fence and they cleared him a path and it was like something cool. I'd be like, hey, man, hey, mom, this Doug Gus hit that shit back in the day. They say on his 400. I don't know. I, I believed it. There was a lot of rumors swirling around as as like as that uh interview was nearing i know when i heard him say that i was like i was so disappointed i was <laughs> i was really hoping he'd say yes and he even, he even i just said, felt like a dummy he even said he's like oh i hate to let everybody down but i know that yeah but yeah he uh, let me down that was funny i knew that i knew that he hadn't jumped it so it was good to i did get the ride at his house once and i thank him for that that was cool yeah, I uh, got to do that a lot when I was younger too, and it was it was like I said, it was like I don't know, like riding at some it was top crazy. secret. Like he was like my number one hero, you know. So it was crazy. I just remember being on a blaster, and his jumps were so crazy big to me because like the stuff was really big then. It was like at its mm -hmm. biggest point, and uh, 
Like I just remember it being peaky and little sketchy to like little chubby Cody. And um, yeah, I was like scared of that stuff, but no, it was a blast. Yeah, it was definitely a good time. I remember we were waiting in between like motos and he flew a plane over us. And then like an hour later, I get off the track from riding and he's sitting there talking to everyone. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that guy. pretty badass. I love that guy. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into another um, another question here. Cole wants to know how he can get faster without a track nearby where he lives. You got any, got any uh, advice for him? put gas in the truck and go okay no, i'm like playing it. um well other than that that's obvious um i'm yeah. just playing cole uh go to the gym work out maybe make your i was actually thought about this on my way home get yourself a figure eight track at home go go into the woods or we got some open land and make yourself a figure eight track uh i seen back then i think someone had a video and cody gibson and joel and their cowies were racing like bumping each other in a figure eight, just learning, trying to do their corners better. Uh-huh. You can get better doing, you don't need a track to get better. No, I agree. I, that's what, um, that's what I would tell them is, you know, I spent literally tens of thousands of hours riding in the field next to the, the shop. And, mm-hmm. you know, first it was just in circles and then it was like a little course. And then, I got a couple little rollers and then I got two little tabletops and that became just like a nice little, little track. But I mean, um, any riding, any time on any seat time is good. And, uh, you know, and I think that like, if you can kind of master your corners and stuff like that, like that translates to every kind of track, every kind of condition all across the board. So, um, yep. There's like never any excuse, you know, just because mm-hmm. there's not a track um, just down the road that shouldn't stop anybody, especially if it's what you love to do, you know? If yeah. Yeah. Go get, go get some orange cones. It's just like practicing your driving tests or basketball drills or whatever. Just go get some cones and have your mom or dad go out there and absolutely practice, go practice holding the throttle, going into a corner. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, never an excuse. And just always get out there, enjoy what you're doing and, um, you can always get better no matter what you're working with. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, we got a couple of voicemails that we're going to, that we're going to use here. Let's see if we can't get this thing, this thing going. Hey, what's up, Digging Deep? Uh, just had some questions about turning, actually. I see sometimes some of the pros, they'll do like a little, uh, let's call it an offset move. Let's say they got a left-hand turn coming up. It could be tight or kind of a little bit of a sweeper. Um, but anyways, they'll do like a little jog where they go right first. And I guess that's probably to initiate the drift, but, you know, potentially maybe you have to explain some of that where they do like a little push off um, on that, maybe that inside peg or that outside peg even um, to get them in their body in position. Um, I was curious, you know, what you always see everybody jumping, you know, when you see footage or whatever, or, you, you know, you might see a, a battle between two riders, but uh, cornering, I think is a huge thing that a lot of us as amateurs, uh, Maybe we don't get to see the footage or maybe there's no like training videos that you can watch on that stuff. Uh, but maybe that's something you guys can touch on when you guys uh, have an episode. Uh, my name's Dexter Davis. I'm calling from Colorado. I'm the B-Class uh, Series champion for the last season uh, out here in Colorado doing tri-state. So thanks. 
All right, that's Dexter Davis. He's asking about uh, some kind of specialty cornering. I'll let kind of Hammy start here. So what are you thinking after hearing that voicemail, pal? Um, I think he's uh, definitely in the right direction. That went, say we're going left and he's talking about us going right for a split second. And it is to initiate that, that what did he say, the drift or the rear end kicking out. And for me, at least, I, I always try to go wide and then cut in. So my thing was always, it's all like in the hips, I guess. If you could turn your handlebars, jerk your hips and get onto that side of the peg where you're turning, that us going right and then left is just helping, to me, help that rear end kick and get it to where we want to go. And it's just not only like the feet placement or like your, where your feet are on the pegs, it's how fast you're coming into the, the corner, your throttle control, your clutch, all that all into one at the same time in like a split second. So yeah, I think that like what he's talking about is in a fast kind of corner with no ruts. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And that's the kind of corner that he's talking about. I think that you're, you're right on point um, kind of initiating that little bit of a drift or a slide. The other thing too, is the broader um, you can kind of make a corner, the less, uh, the less, of an apex there is and that ultimately back make, on gas exactly that ultimately is going to make you go faster through that corner so that little bit of a jog out subconsciously is also widening that corner for you a little bit thus making that uh, that uh that apex not quite so abrupt and that's going to keep your keep your speed Momentum. up absolutely but it's kind of it's really a feel thing you know it, it is yeah, it's definitely a feel it's a feel thing. And, and if you're going faster and faster and faster into your corners, um, it's going to be something that you might even just subconsciously start because that's how everybody, that's how all of us get to that point yes. is just pushing yes. that Practice. corner, pushing that corner, pushing that corner, pushing that corner. And you start to compensate by feel um, to make it so that quad is going to stick and, and it's going to you know do what you want it to do. So um, yeah, great, great question and, there. Yeah. I love that question. Um, but yeah, awesome, awesome, uh, question there, but yeah, it's one of those things. Just keep pushing those corners and, um, and try, try different lines going into the corners too. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime, like I said, you can kind of broaden that apex. That's uh that's a good thing. So, um, let's, we got another voicemail here. Hopefully we can get going. Yeah. I was kind of wanting to get, you know, uh, insider opinion on in terms of of why most of the uh the factories are kind of backing out in terms of support and involvement with the sport and what you guys think it would take for them to kind of turn it around and have a lot of big manufacturers there and supporting and developing products for the sport thank you all right so I will say, like, if I had a dollar for every time I get some kind of this question, um, I'd be a rich man. You know, how how do we grow the sport? In my personal opinion, it starts on a local level, right? Like, local racing must grow for a, the ATV scene to be able to grow. I mean, like, if I have a kid, um, it's going to be hard to justify buying an ATV because there's so limited tracks and events to attend and stuff like that. So that's just plain and simple. Um, the other thing too, is like, you know, there's people that are, that are um, thinking that it's, it's all, they almost take it personally. And it's just that the ATV sport 
market is at kind of like a standstill right now and you're not going to see anybody pump a bunch of a bunch of uh money into it so um but i think for me in my opinion it starts on a local level you're not going to just see you know the factories pump a bunch of money into racing if we don't have kids and you know weekend warriors and stuff out there buying sport atvs the thing is it's a it's like a cult following everybody here you know everybody entrenched in the sport loves it and adores it but uh it needs to start from the bottom up i guess i agree definitely uh i think the more people that could see what we do would help i think uh like daytona for instance I, I really wish that there was a way that i know it'll never happen i'm sure them guys have tried but if there's a way that we could race for the pros race on a friday or saturday compared to a tuesday i just think there's going to be more people watching and if they don't change the track so much for the amateur bikes from the ricky carmichael shit so Give us give give the pros a chance to ride what the pro dirt bikes are doing and show people kind of like what they did at Ironman. Show them like that these guys are the real deal. Give us give us a shot. Give guys like Joel and Chad Jeffrey them that, that will hit the big jumps, that will hit the big triples. Give us a chance to show what these quads and what these guys can really do instead of babying it down so much. Well, I think that I think I, I was going to say at, at Ironman they did that, you know. And, yeah, and they did do that at Ironman, but I think. And like that was Daytona on a supercross. Yep. I mean, supercross is bigger than motocross. More people watch supercross than they do outdoor motocross. So that, that would be our chance. I feel like. Yeah, I think that, but I will say like, again, like the Ironman thing was really good for ATV motocross and uh, it was on a Friday. So it was just the day before the, the bike race, all the bike guys or you know, a lot of the bike guys were there watching and um, you know, kind of in tune with what was going on. You know, all the people that, aren't ATV motocross people were impressed by the jumps that these guys were hitting. And like I said at the time, and I'll say it again, I don't know that anything changes for ATV motocross because of that event, but, but ATV motocross was cooler as a whole after that, after that event because of what those guys showed. So um, yeah, I mean, that's a really complex question. But again, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. And this is ever changing. It really is. You know, the sport mm -hmm. has been ever changing for the last, for the last, you know, 30 plus years. But um, it's just one of those things, like I said, that uh, I think I truly believe has to start from the bottom up. What else you got, man? Hmm. What else do I got? Uh, I might be at the Daytona ATV Supercross March 10th. Um, I'm going there to watch the uh, the bikes race on Saturday, so I think I'm gonna stick around and watch the quads, catch up with a few people, a few faces I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, we'll have so to I'm, have I'm, you. I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have to have you cover the event for us. Let's do it. Give me a mic. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. If but, that's yeah. All, yeah, if that's all you got, then uh, then yeah, I definitely want to get you in around that time where. Um, whether it's right before Daytona, but we've pretty much covered though our expectations. So maybe we'll have to get you in kind of after Daytona and uh, tell us what you saw if you're going to be down there. Yeah, that would be sweet. I really would like to. It's hard uh, not being there like you guys are and seeing. And I know people might think, well, how is he talking about the races? But I mean, I do somewhat know what I'm talking about. I'm just not there all the time or anymore. 
Well, so you I follow. Buy, you follow it. Yeah, I follow it. I follow it every day. And then so, you, you've lived it too, where you have yeah. experience that other people don't have. So I think uh, if I could get down there and watch some races, talk to some pros and some old friends, and yeah. I think that'd be pretty sweet. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, man. Well, we'd love to. Let's plan on it. We'll have you in after Daytona to kind of talk about it. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time again today. It's awesome to talk racing with my buddy. And uh, I'm still pissed about when you kind of cheap shotted me at Daytona there and stole the top 10 spot from me because we were getting lapped. But um, yeah, that's water under the bridge for now. I planned all of it. <laughs> I planned all of that. Who was that? In my tally? helmet, when, in, in, in my helmet, when the tally went by, I we were like ten feet away. I knew I was like, he's gonna get over, and I'm going by. I loved it. Your freaking I'll tell you what, buddy. I, I know. And buddy. Bureau, if I would have got eleventh, I would have been pissed the entire. Way I out. was so mad when I came off the racetrack. I only I got two hundred bucks for that day, so don't feel bad. I don't care, but I did get top three in the heat, so I was like, still, I'm like, still pumped. About that it. was cooler. Yeah, your name got said more of that heat race than mine did. I was the only guy that started on the back. Like that was embarrassing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. There was 15 gates, and the 16th guy had 61. I was like, that's another thing. How do you go to an ATV <laughs> motocross track and don't even got enough room on the gate right. for the people? That's but hilarious. May maybe they'll get that figured out this year. We'll see. Right, right, right. All right, man. Hopefully. Well, Thanks so much again for everything. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back after Daytona then. Yep. Sounds like a plan to me, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, man. Love you. Love you too. Ah, uh, that was so much fun. Brooke has such an infectious personality. She's so good at communicating. And I just love that about her. I love her perspective. And I always love some good bench racing with my boy. This was a fun episode for me to host for sure. Now, with both Brooke and Hammy, we can only get to some of your questions, not all of them, of course, but we thank all who participated. Again, different kind of show, but um, it might not have been for everyone, but we'll be back to our regular kind of content for the next episode. We'll be back to doing Daytona stuff. We've got Natalie coming up, so all kinds of typical stuff, but... I'm proud to bring some different content to our listeners because if you made it to the end or if you made it through some sections of it, you're going to have enjoyed some some different stuff. I think that there's going to be some people that really enjoy it, but it won't maybe have been for everybody. I want to thank our guest tonight, Tyler Hamrick and my girlfriend, Brooke. I appreciate their time and they were both perfect on the podcast. So thanks to those guys. I have to thank my producer, my brother Dallas, who is a busy man but always finds time to fit the podcast into his schedule. I appreciate that. I couldn't do it without you, Dallas. We have to thank our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer brand, avocado green mattress, and oats overnight. And also a special thank you to Sunstar Sprockets, who we gifted some of our um, really dedicated and passionate listeners who often uh, kind of interact with the show on social media, leave us voicemails, all kinds of stuff like that. So if you do a lot of that, you may have found yourself with a gift certificate from 
Sunstar Sprockets. So thanks to those guys. Thanks to all of you who participate with the show and interact with us. Um, Sunstar reached out. They couldn't do a ton of show support, but they wanted to support us in some way. So they gave us these gift certificates. I directly just wanted to give it to, I didn't want to run... um, any kind of giveaway. I didn't want to run a contest. I wanted to literally award it to the people who unprompted show their support for us. So that's what we did. Thanks to Sunstar Sprockets for that. And also, again, thanks to DID Racing Chain for giving us those chains to give away for the question segment with Brooke. So thanks again to them. They've been a main supporter of ours from the very, I think they might have been the very first sponsor we had. So um, really appreciate them. Again, congrats to the listeners uh, who earned themselves those chains. Congrats to those winners. And, uh, yeah, thanks to all of our sponsors. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. And if you enjoy the show, we encourage you to donate via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help to prompt continued growth and improvement of the show, and perks will be available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support. And just a note on the Patreon thing, um, our most recent Patreon supporter was gifted one of those Sunstar Sprockets. So sometimes those perks just trickle down. And and if we get an opportunity to do something extra for one of those Patreon supporters, that's what we did for our most recent uh, supporter there. So support us via Patreon. That really helps us. It keeps us us, um, able to continue to grind with the show. It takes a ton of time uh, to make it happen. But... um, Again, that's just another way you support us and we'll do everything we can giving back to you. We kind of uh, been using that phrase that it pays to listen to our podcast. So uh, thanks for all of that, everybody involved. And also now available is our new show merchandise. So check out our new shirts available in all sizes and available for purchase on our social media platforms. Shirts are $25 and all proceeds will go directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. So view this as your opportunity to, to support us while getting a cool shirt in return. And remember, you can always call us with your questions, concerns, suggested topics, business inquiries, and more. Like you heard here on this show tonight, this is your chance to be a part of the show by calling our voicemail line anytime. So call us today at 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. We look forward to hearing from you. And if you didn't hear your voicemail, but you left one for us, you'll probably hear it in uh, the coming shows or the next fan question show um, because we really do appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. And it's now Daytona time, guys. As we're recording this, we're only a couple days away from that. So we should be back to talk about what all happened next um, on the next episode. We'll talk all about the Daytona ATV Supercross and what happened down there. And we also have our episode with John Natale coming up as well as Cody Gibson, Gary Denton, hopefully Jeffrey Rastrelli, and so much more. So needless to say, you won't want to miss what's coming up. And the best way to ensure you won't miss a thing is to subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. And follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content. 
keep the support coming and we'll keep all the content coming as well. We love the screenshots showing that you're listening. So send those in and we'll definitely be sure to keep sharing them. We really enjoy those. So again, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our post, wear our shirts. It all helps spread the word about us and grow the sport that we all love so much. And remember the show is available to anyone at any time at diggingdeepatvmx.com. Um, where you can also find our sponsors and discount codes all in one place. So check out our website. It's a one-stop shop for everything about the podcast, and you can access our old shows. Um, So definitely check us out there. Again, you can find our sponsors there, our discount codes. It's a very, uh, it makes your experience better as a listener. So check us out there. With that, wishing everyone a safe and successful Daytona ATV Supercross and beyond for Brooke. Tyler Hamrick, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing. And until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV motocross. Too big red. What the? (laughs) He's got more DNFs than James Stewart. See ya. Love ya.